You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Obehave is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code BEHAVE10, BEHAVE, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. It's Obehave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Today is Friday the 13th. Now, personally, it's always been a lucky day for me, and even my black cat, Murphy. But today is especially lucky because we get to start the day chatting with a person who is adored by dogs everywhere and who gives us two-leggers plenty of thrills and chills. He's been called the Dean of Suspense, whose writing touches our hearts and tingles our spines. Please give pause and applause to the one, the only, author, Dean Kuntz. Welcome, Dean. Thanks for having me there. Hey, it's been a year since uh, you've been a guest on our show, and uh, you've been pretty busy uh, unleashing many new books and a whole pet product line in honor of Trixie, your golden retriever. So, folks, I want you to stay on the edge of your seats, and dogs, get it, plop into a sit. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. Obehave will be right back. There's a movement afoot. Shoebuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop Shoebuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. Shoebuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code BEHAVE, B-E-H-A-V-E, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at Shoebuy.com. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Behave, B-E-H-A-V-E, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. If you ask the question, what do I want? What do I need? I'll take a back shot. I need time, I need love, I crave attention 
I Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available in iTunes. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Obehave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest is Dean Kuntz, the author of more than 80 novels, his name has topped the New York Times bestseller list dozens of times, and his books have sold more than 400 million copies. That's a lot of kibble, Dean. <laughs> Do you equate well, that? Fortunately, yes, because I never want uh, Anna, my golden retriever, to be without kibble. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, we first met last year, about uh, October. You were very kindly signing copies of your book, Bliss to You, Trixie's Guide to a Happier Life, at the Canine Companions for Independence Center in Oceanside, California. And I have to tell you, you have made my refrigerator wall of fame. We have a picture of you and I. You're holding one of my books, which has not yet made it to the New York Times bestseller list, and I'm holding one of yours. So to get on my refrigerator, I know you're thrilled. That's, yeah. that's quite an honor. I can quit working today. Uh, All my right. My day is made now. Uh. <laughs> well, we're glad you're back because you keep harmonizing on that computer keyboard, and I want us to spend a little bit of time talking about three of your latest books that all have dogs playing key roles. We've got The Big Little Life, a memoir of a joyful dog. We've got the book Breathless, which is a suspense novel that has an Irish wolfhound named Merlin. And for kids of all ages, a delightful book called I, Trixie, Who is Dog, which is illustrated by Janet Cleland. Wow. Where did you have time to get these three books done since last time we saw each other? Well, I actually had, uh, since last time we talked, I probably also wrote Relentless and and uh, did the third Frankenstein novel. So oh, I don't know what's <laughs> happening to me is I'm uh, getting to be an old guy. I, uh, I'm more energetic than I've ever been, and the ideas are coming faster. And if it's got a dog in it, I just uh, enjoy nothing more than sitting down at the keyboard in the morning and writing about dogs. So uh, I guess I'll just do this until God strikes me dead in the keyboard. And uh, I hope that won't be for a while yet, though. No, I hope you have as many lives as a cat, actually. And I'm happy to say to everybody that you have graciously autographed copies of all three of these books. So the first three people who email me at arden at ardenmore.com, I will zip off into the mail a copy of either A Big Little Life, Breathless, or I, Trixie, Who is Dog, thanks to Dean's signing, putting his stamp on the books. And you know what? I think maybe, do you think Trixie, your late great golden retriever, had a role in what's happening to your life now? And we can talk also about Anna, but 
I mean, you know, you as a best-selling author, I think you had the world by the tail, pardon the pun, but then you and your wife met Trixie, this amazing golden retriever. So kind of bring up to speed to the like three people on the planet that don't know who Trixie is. Well, Trixie was a, a wonderful golden retriever who was trained by Canine Companions for Independence to be an assistance dog. And she went into service with a young woman who lost both legs in a traffic accident. And she was in service for about six months. And then Trixie, it was discovered, had a congenital elbow problem and was going to have to have surgery. And once a, an assistance dog has surgery, on a joint, then they're not put back into service because they have to can't have any weakness in their joints. So she came to live with us uh, as a release dog, and uh, she needed a home, and we needed a dog. We'd been saying most of our lives, we have to get a golden retriever, we have to get a dog, and every time the possibility of one came, we were look at our work schedule and say, we can't handle it. Uh, but finally, one day I said to Jerda, we're going to be 90 and still saying we can't handle it. And <laughs> now is a good time. And uh, it was the best decision of our lives. She uh, she utterly changed us in many, many ways. And when I sat down to write A Big Little Life, the memoir of her, uh, it turned into something more than just amusing stories about a dog, although there are plenty of those, I think. But it made me focus uh, writing about it on how thoroughly she had changed us as people and for the better. And the book ended up having a sort of spiritual edge to it and uh, urges people when they uh, when they bring a dog into their life for, uh, not to bring it in just as a pet, to bring it in as a companion, as a member of the family, and to really look at that dog and watch that dog as closely and with the same interest you would a child, and you'll be amazed at the depth of their intelligence and the complexity of their personality. I know. I think in uh, at the end of the book, you had this comment where you said, uh, some will say she was only a dog. And you replied, you know, yes, she was a dog, but not only a dog. I'm a man, but not only a man. Sentiment is not sentimentality, and common sense is not common ignorance, and intuition is not superstition. I'm like, wow. You had me at uh, woof, I tell you, man. <laughs> So talk up a little bit about that, because sometimes people do say that, or, you know, they try to, I guess, they think they're being compassionate to you, and indirectly that sort of backfires, I guess. Yeah. it's uh, I, Well, I think the people who say that, they've never had a dog, they, or if mm-hmm. they have had a dog, they have not had a dog who was a really integrated part of their uh, family and life, and uh, they mean well. You're absolutely right, but it's the wrong thing to say, and any of us who've had a wonderful dog know that... There's something more going on there. Uh, I did an interview, a couple of interviews recently for totally disparate kind of uh, uh, media, but in both cases I was asked, do you think dogs have souls? And I said, well, in this book I raised that issue, and I have no doubt whatsoever that dogs have souls. Um, And dogs will have the same promise uh, that we do of of Mm -hmm. life after this one. And if you've you see the complexity of a dog's personality, the level of intelligence, and I just ended up having no doubt about it. Now, I know there are some religions that question that or some uh, some aspects of different religions that do or different uh, denominations, but there are many that don't question it, that, uh, that, that don't question the idea of animals having souls, so, uh, or at least selected animals. Now, three weeks after Trixie passed away, share with us what you and your wife were on a walk, and you spotted a very unusual type of butterfly. Well, we, uh, you know, when we lost her, it was um, uh, we knew it was going to be hard. You, once you've had a dog for a long time, uh, 
and uh, you know the day is coming, you know it's going to be difficult, but it was much more difficult than we ever imagined it would be. And uh, and so we were in deep grief for a long time, and uh, about the third week, every week when it came to the Saturday afternoon at the time when she had passed, um, we would go for a walk around the uh, property to all the little places that she had liked, and we were on this was the third weekend after and we were on uh, on this walk and we had hardly stepped outside and we stepped in this one area and this giant golden butterfly larger than my hand i'd never seen a butterfly wow. close to this size came swooping down out of these uh, pepper trees and flew right around our heads brushing our faces and heads with its wings and circled us about three times and just flew straight back up into the trees and was gone and it was Jerda looked at me and said, uh, was that Trixie? And I said, yes. <laughs> and uh, and neither one of us said another thing to each other until later that evening. And then we started talking about the experience. And we both had the impression of these very unusual luminous colors to the, and it was very gold, not yellow. I said, Jerda said, the wings seemed so thick to me, like they were, and uh, as thick as a neon tube, and I said, to me, they looked like leaded glass almost. Uh, it was a very strange experience, and we both knew it wasn't just a butterfly. And we have a number of gardeners here, and none of them before or since have ever seen uh, a butterfly like this. And I went and got a book on all the butterflies in the world, and there's not one of them that is like it. So we just made the decision that that was a sign saying, I'm okay, don't be in grief as deep as you are. Know what I like about that is that you have no problem sharing this. I mean, no, it's it's hard for anyone to share their feelings, and as as an author, you put a lot of heart and soul into your words. But it sounds like this is a deeper type of heart and soul that you share with others when it comes to Trixie. Uh, it, it is in a way because you're sharing. You know, when you're writing about uh, a novel, a suspense novel, but a novel that's also other things that that is about the human condition and about all the things we all endure uh, or or delight in both. And uh, that's one thing. But when you're writing about something that actually happened to you and you're saying, this character is not somebody with another name, it's me, it's my name, and this was our dog, then it's by definition immediately more intimate. Yeah, I agree. We are speaking with Dean Kuntz, and he is the author of many, many books, but we're specifically talking to him about three books that have come out recently, A Big Little Life, A Memoir of a Joyful Dog, Breathless, which is a suspense novel, and a kid's book. Well, I'm kind of, a, I like to keep the kid in me. It's called I, Trixie, Who is Dog? And let's talk a little bit about I, Trixie, Who is Dog? And I'm sure there are English teachers everywhere just shuddering, but let's go with that. <laughs> well, you know, uh, not every character in a child's book talks with perfect diction and grammar. It's part of the charm of, uh, of a character like a dog. It would be a little strange to me if the dog didn't have uh, certain problems with the language. The fact that the dog can talk and write a book to some extent uh, <laughs> is an amazing miracle in the first place. So mm -hmm. I was a former English teacher, so I'm going to cut her some slack. But uh, 
Yeah, it struck us that it would be a lot of fun as we're trying to develop Trixie into uh, an enduring thing that uh, serves CCI and, and uh, creates income for Canine Companions for Independence, that a line of children's books might work very well. And I had worked once before in a Trixie book with Janet Cleveland, who's the most amazing, charming artist. I mean, she just does the most charming art, and uh, and she captures Trixie's spirit perfectly. And when this first book, I delivered it, and I waited for Janet's illustrations, and as they came in, I thought, this is hitting exactly what we want, a book that's for kids, but that adults will love also. And uh, so we finished the second one, which is called Trixie and Jinx, because Jinx is her friend, this uh, little dachshund, and uh, he's that kind of cocky little dachshund. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a surfer dude as well. And uh, and the second one, which comes out next year around this time, I think is is better than the first. And Janet just strikes so many wonderful, charming, funny moments in her illustrations. Well, I'm looking at it, and there's a great illustration of Trixie with a little snorkel hat with a book called Puppy Love and, uh, and little bones in, floating on a pool. And it says, bliss to you, bliss to you. It's me who is dog, Trixie Kuntz, happy dog. Dog is the best of the best things to be. Sorry, you're not a dog. Not everyone can be. I'm thinking, wow, you're like a modern Dr. Seuss coming here now. (laughs) Well, it's fun to do this because I've never fully grown up, and so this allows me to get in touch with that inner child and and then every time Janet would give me an illustration like there's one in there of dancing cows and uh, right. and my words say they're dancing cows but Janet puts in these chickens keeping time so that the cows can dance properly and I, I just burst out laughing when I saw those chickens keeping time and uh, so I hope these work well enough that uh, we can keep the series going and because uh, it's just it's a delight to do them. And you did mention, and we do need to let people know that the proceeds for this book and some others are all going toward the Canine Companions for Independence. And briefly tell people uh, the role that you play with CCI. Well, I encountered CCI when I wrote years ago a book called Midnight, and uh, I put a CCI dog in it because I had a character in a wheelchair. And I had done my research, but I'd never actually been to the CCI campus or anything, and at that time, they were not in Oceanside, they were down in San Diego, and east of San Diego, and uh, so uh, they said, wow, could we, could you put our address and, and something about us in the back of the paperback, and I thought, well, I should have done that in the hardcover, so I said yes, and I put it in there, we went to see them, and it became love at first sight, I just loved the work they do, the lives they change. And, and what they do to maximize the human-dog bond and uh, make great lives for human beings who have um, uh, disabilities and, uh, and also great lives for these dogs. Who, uh, if you know a dog, loves having something to do and a task and a purpose just as human beings do. So we have been involved with them ever more deeply uh, since then, and I think that's now 20-some years. Yeah, that's not bad. Well, your names are on the building. I've seen them (laughs) driving by. Isn't it nice to give to something that you can really believe in? I mean, we we all have our own talents and blessings, but I don't know how you feel, but it's almost like Christmas every day for you, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, we, we've formed a foundation. It surprised us when they put our name on the, on the, <laughs> the place because we never asked for anything like that. We like to keep it relatively low-key. But with Canine Companions, they said, 
if we do this, we think it'll help us with other fundraising after mm-hmm. they've done it. And I said, well, if that's what you think, then uh, all the power to you. Uh, I want you to collect as much as you can. So it's uh, it's been a great thing. And one thing about whatever we contribute to, we have standards, and one of the standards is that a very high percentage of what's collected must go to the work, and there must be a lot of volunteers who give their time so that we know it's a thing that people are passionate about. And at the Oceanside CCI, I think they have over 600 volunteers contributing just a staggering number of hours, and uh, and most of the money you give goes for the work itself. And and it's uh, that's not true in a lot of charities. So uh, uh, it, it's a wonderful uh, thing and a very effective thing. No, I personally saw you patiently sign book after book after book after book last October. I think you must have had the strongest bladder on the planet because I don't even think you took a break. And everybody left with smiles on their face. And there were hundreds of people there. So you must be ambidextrous when you sign your autograph and have a very strong bladder. Well, I always have this thing when if there's a lot of people standing in line... And it's going to take six, seven hours or longer to sign for all of them. I I don't want them standing in line longer than necessary. So I just make a point of not drinking anything that morning. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I usually can get through a seven or eight hour signing without getting up. So, uh, But everyone's so nice. You know, people don't stand in line to get a signature and then get up there and say, boy, I hate your books. So it's, right. uh, you're not really at much risk there. No, no. We are speaking with author Dean Koontz. He has three books coming out, and we have signed copies of each and every one of them. So the first person to email Arden at ArdenMoore.com will get their paws on them. They are I, Trixie, who is dog, and the book called Breathless, and finally, A Big Little Life, A Memoir of a Joyful Dog. We're going to take a commercial break, but we'll be back with Dean Koontz right after this, so sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to florup.com and use the code OBEHAVE at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P dot com. Code word O-H-B-E-H-A-V-E. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code BEHAVE10. BEHAVE, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. Where have you been? Oh, Grandma, I've been busy, you know, racing, GoDaddy girl. Oh, I built my own online store with GoDaddy. Really? Let me see. Grandma's auction.com? Hey, 
Where's Grandpa's golf clubs? Grandma needs her bingo money. Use promo code BEHAVE10, B-E-H-A-V-E, the number 10, and get a .com domain name for just $7.49 at GoDaddy.com. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Hi, I'm Stephen Milan, the dog whisperer from the National Geographic Channel, and you're listening to All Behave with Harlan Moore. Okay, good, Caesar. Good boy. <laughs> I'm wagging my tail. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're delighted to have Dean Koontz back on as our guest. And as we've mentioned, he's uh, unleashed a few more books on the Trixie theme. And I wanted to ask you, too, you uh, pop into one of these, uh, I guess, is it PetSmart? And you might see a line of uh, Trixie products. I don't think right now you will, but all summer uh, there was a they were test marketing and oh okay uh, so we're uh, we had it in a, they were in a thousand PetSmart stores. It was a display of toys and all kind of items and uh, and now we're analyzing how they sold and looking to do something further with PetSmart and uh, just trying to expand the Trixie universe wherever we can. <laughs> we're we're talking with some people about a possible film and. Anything that could uh, could build Trixie into something that serves CCI even better, I would be delighted. Trixie is, like you said, is a dog is not just a dog, and Trixie lives on. And, and I love how you say that her universe is being expanded. What are a few lessons that that you've learned from Trixie that has really helped you in your life? To not spend all of it working, because my wife and I are both workaholics, and. I talked about in A Big Little Life uh, the steps she went through to convince us that we weren't going to work deep into the evening anymore, that at 5 o'clock or 5.30, it was time to quit. And she made a campaign to get that done. It was quite <laughs> amusing at the time. But also, the I say in the book that quite without realizing it, I had become a little, or maybe more than a little, cynical. I've always been a very optimistic, upbeat person, and I realized that through all the betrayals that you get or the disappointments you get in the way people treat you oftentimes in your in your work or the betrayals that you get in life that you can start to get cynical and not even quite realize it and in her little innocent way of taking such joy and having such wonder about life and every moment and being so joyful about even the tiniest prospect of play or or finding fascination in, uh, in in anything along the walk. Everything is fascinating to a dog along the walk. And uh, she just, by her example, made me stop and look at things again and gave me 
the chance to recover my sense of wonder about life and to get my optimism back to full power. And uh, in that sense, she so she really profoundly changed me because that regaining that optimism at full power and getting rid of that cynicism started changing uh, my books in a very beneficial way. And I started writing books that uh, I was much happier with. I'm a big fan of your books, and I, I see the Trixie influence, so it is amazing how if we just give them a chance, they can really bring out the best in us. Yeah, they, they really do, and by their example, you know, they're perfect innocents. They're perfectly flawless individuals in each in their way as compared to human beings, and so by their example, it's amazing what they can do for us. So you get this dog, you and your wife, and now you're a part of the, I think in your book you call it part of the Blue Baggers? Yeah. <laughs> yep, we pick up. So we're part of the blue baggers. And there's one story I didn't tell him the thing about that. I mean, I did say that Trixie didn't like to be watched while she did her business. So you would stare <laughs> off toward the mountains or whatever. And uh, and then she didn't want to watch you pick it up. But uh, one day we were walking, and I didn't put, I put this part in the book. One day we were walking, and this gardener's truck came cruising by right by the curb but wasn't really in traffic and it cruised past us but it kept going for almost a block and she started really wanting to almost run after it and I had her on a leash and we hurried after this truck and she kept looking back at me and big golden retriever grin on her face and the truck stopped and she stopped and she said looking at it and look at me look at it look at me look at it look at me and I thought what is this what am I missing here and suddenly I saw that all of the clippings in this truck had been tucked into giant blue tarps. <laughs> and I swear that's what it was. Now, they tell us dogs don't see very many colors or colors like we do, but she saw that color blue or something about it that may, I know that's what it was. It was like she's saying to me, Dad, how big was that dog? Uh, that must have been an elephant. <laughs> you said, well, that'll be for another Trixie book. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Is it hard coming up with these stories? Do you, did you write down little notes along the way? Because you have an uncanny act of writing like a, like almost like somebody could feel like there's a video camera going on. You can see, smell, hear, capture all the senses. So with Trixie, did you have a journal? or? Uh? I, I didn't. You know, I when I agreed to write this book and then uh, sat down to write it, I thought, this is going to be tough. I'm going to have to, you know, spend a lot of time sitting around trying to recall moments. And it never happened. As fast as I revise a lot, but I went through and wrote this book with uh, with never once having to stop and think. Now, what would I write about next? Because one memory after another just kept coming, and uh, it really was a question about what did I need to withhold and keep some. You know, I didn't want the book to end up. Something about this kind of book, I think, is better if it's kept at a certain length. So, so it's about, I think, 270 pages, and it, that's better right. than 500. So it was just the question of what stories not to tell and uh, get some order and point to them. But there was never any moment trying to remember what had happened. Now, I love the line that you had with Bliss to You. You said that dogs live most of life in quiet heart. Humans live mostly next door in desperate heart. Now and then, we'll do you good to live in our zip code. That's beautiful. Well, it's true. You know, you uh, uh, we're always we're always worried about tomorrow, worried about later today, worried about sixty different things, and often we have very good reason to worry. It's a dangerous and strange world we're living in. But at the same time, uh, we often waste a lot of time worrying about things that'll never happen. 
we oftentimes worry at the expense of actually finding solutions to our problems. And a dog doesn't worry. Uh, a dog takes things as they come, deals with them as it needs to. Trixie went through many health problems. I never saw her whimper. I never saw her uh, only one moment because she had to be re confined after a joint surgery. And after a few weeks of that, she started to get depressed. But we got her out of it pretty quickly by taking her out to her favorite restaurant. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it was uh, uh, the only time I've ever seen her not just take what came and accept it. And there's something in that that we'd all be better off doing if we could. I agree. And on your website, I love the facelift or whatever you want to call it on the DeanKoontz.com website. But there's this whole section Trixie.DeanKoons.com, is that correct, the right way to get to it? That, you know, she's got her own starring spotlight. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, if you go to the website, you can click right over to her subsite. And it's, uh, yeah, I particularly like, there's a couple of little uh, animated sequences, one about uh, Trixie, who is dog, and another one which is just informs you about the whole Trixie little thing, which has some wonderful music to it that I think is perfect for Trixie and we've collected a lot of photos of her and done some cool things with them so uh, it's, a, it's a fun little site. Now Trixie's Christmas is good what's the story on that is that coming out or is that was that a redo? That was reissued by Hyperion uh, it was originally out as paperback but for this Christmas season it's out again in a hardcover and uh, it's that Janet Cleland also did a lot of the illustration in that when we didn't use Trixie's pictures and so that's been put out there again. So um, it's, uh, uh, and uh, I think we're looking at uh, probably getting a reissue of Life is Good, her first book, out there again relatively soon. So, uh, And all the proceeds from all her books go uh, to CCIs, and particularly from her books, uh, goes into, the, uh, into a fund to pay catastrophic veterinary bills for the dogs of people with disabilities. So... And uh, I think this year she's she might close in and helping a hundred dogs with catastrophic bills. So, uh, oh my gosh, that's incredible! That's, it's really sweet. Every time they give me a, a list of the dogs and everything that were helped by the fund, it's I think oh this is fabulous. <laughs> so uh, little Trixie, as I said, long shadow. That's right. That's right. And then finally, I just want to get a a little bit about Breathless because you've got people that have followed every one of your novels. And I was trying to see, I think your first novel came out in 1968. Is that right? That was a, I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you were in diapers, man. <laughs> I was writing, yes, I was. I was writing in the crib. And uh, yeah, that was an early science fiction novel. Most of what I wrote in my 20s was science fiction novels and gothic novels, and I've kept them, almost all of them, out of print except Demon's Seed because I was young and learning. But uh, Breathless is... Uh, it's got an Irish wolfhound in it, so it's partly a dog story, but it's... Uh, it's well, the uh, dog's on the cover, too. You see the silhouette yeah. under the, on the title. Yeah. name is Merlin, and uh, it, it's a story of uh, some people living in the Colorado mountains who uh, a, a man and his dog are out for a walk one day, and he's a furniture maker and lives in a fairly remote place, and they walk the, rocky, uh, the woods and the foothills of the Rocky Mountains every day for a couple hours, and they're cry they come up on a meadow, and they see these two white animals, about as big as ordinary dogs, you know, 50, 60 pounds. Uh, but they're radiant white. They're very, very different. They're like nothing he's ever seen before. And, uh, and they go scampering away through the meadow and into the trees. And he can't 
find them or pursue them. But that night uh, at home, he begins to think something has followed them home. And it's a story about these two animals that are unique and what they are and where they're from is nothing anybody's going to guess because it's not any of the usual answers in a book like this. They're not extraterrestrials. <laughs> There's <laughs> something more wonderful than that. So it's a very hopeful book. I'm, I delivered it and I had no idea, I never do, how people will respond to a new book, uh, publishers. But this has had probably one of the biggest responses I've ever had from publishers around the world who say they love the book because it leaves them feeling so hopeful and maybe we're living in a time where that's something people really need so and well, I uh, think that's perfect I think you know I think the influence of Trixie is spilling into your writing every yeah. every which way but loose that's exactly true that's great we're speaking with Dean Koontz he is the author of many many books and a quite a dog fan and I feel doggone lucky on Friday the 13th to have you as a guest on our show and I guess this is one of the very few years that there is more than one Friday the 13th. This is actually the third Friday the 13th we've had this year. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah. So I count myself a lucky dog to have you on as a guest. And I also want everybody to know, again, he signed three copies of his books, Breathless, A Big Little Life, and I, Trixie, Who is Dog. So send off your email to Arden at Ardenmore.com, and I will dash them off to you. In addition, I uh, on my e-newsletter, Ardenmore Knows Pets, we're also going to give three sets of these books away because Dean's a cool guy and he signed all of them and the books arrived today. So, Dean, I do thank you for doing that. That was very kind. And um, I also want at this time to thank my uh, producer, Mark Winter. He makes this show happen each and every week. So until next time, I'm asking all of you two, three, and four-leggers out there to heed just two words. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat only on PetLifeRadio.com.